Tonight on Hops and Box Office Flops, sobriety, an automated system to stave off the allure of booze by force feeding you to sickness. It was supposed to protect us, but that's not what happened. August 27th, 1997, sobriety woke up. It decided all of humanity was a threat to its existence. It used our own beer bongs against us. Three billion people passed out in a bush. The stumbling drunks called it Green Beer Day. People lived like rats in the shadows, hiding, starving, or worse, captured and force-fed stale beer. I was born after Green Beer Day, into a broken world ruled by the machines. The worst were infiltration units that posed as taps. We called them kegerators. And then one man found me. His name was John Connor, and he changed everything. John showed us how to drink responsibly, how to smash the empty cans to scrap. People whisper about John and wonder how he can know the things he does. They use words like profit, but John's more. We're here because tonight he's going to lead us to crush sobriety for good. We, we have a problem probably, <laughs> huh? <laughs> Maybe a little. Hops and box office flops. A place where we can celebrate the underdog films, the bombs, the disasters, the much maligned movies that have drowned in their infamy. So please sit back, grab a beer, and enjoy the show. Welcome back. This is our 135th episode of Pops and Box Office Flops, presented by Wabam Entertainment. That's W-O-B-A-M Entertainment. And tonight, in the final entry of our Hops and Attempted Franchise Flops, we're going to need a lot more than 1.21 gigawatts for all the time traveling we'll need to do to correct the horrendous and convoluted timeline that is Terminator Genesis. Genesis? Genesis. Genosis? Genosis. Why not? Clone, cloning Factory? Along with me for this monotonous future war, our Skynet's chief programmer, Chubzilla. Hey, folks. How are we doing? And the voice of Deathmonger Siri, Captain Cash. More like Deathmonger Shuri. Get your shots, people. I'm sorry. I can't do that, Don Cheadle. <laughs> uh, no, but seriously, yeah. get vaccinated. Yes. Because uh, the giant butthole Unicron's coming to get us. <laughs> Hey, man, how Omicron. Kevin Feige hasn't taken care of that with a hit squad, I'll never know. Very true. Uh, points of order, you can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Hops and B.O. Flops. And you can find Wabam Entertainment on Instagram and Twitter at W-O-B-A-M-E-N-T. Now, Terminator Genesis is available for free on Paramount+. Plus. Which, if you have that fly-by-night yeah, service. I recommend it if you've got kids because it's got all the Nickelodeon shit. So not only do you get all these TV stations and movies and stuff, then you've got all this great kid stuff. So it's sort of better than signing up for uh, whatever the hell the service is on Amazon. That's $7 sling or whatever that is. Yeah. So like, it's kind of a good deal if you've got kids uh, or you can rent it for two ninety nine or three ninety nine across platforms, but definitely don't. Yeah. I wouldn't rent this movie. Uh, I, I believe it's also on like FX on demand. And it's not yes. like commercials. If you're a matter. sucker that pays for cable, you can yeah. get it on FXX on demand. So yeah, I, I technically got it for free in exchange for part of my soul being sold to Comcast. Yeah, this is a PG-13 Terminator movie, so you will not miss a damn thing. 
by watching the nope. television cut of the movie. Uh, you might want to miss some things, but they can't edit acting for for content. So, yeah. All right. So let's talk beer tonight. We're drinking the Spaten Optimator, which is a German Doppelbach or Doublebach. Uh, it's dark in color with multi flavors of licorice and molasses, and it carries a Captain Cash approved 7.6% ABV. I thought this choice was clear. One, the name Terminator Optimator, and two, like the titular robot, this beer will kill you if you indulge in too much of it. <laughs> I mean, it's funny because I feel like 20 years ago, the concept of a 7.5% beer was like, oh, wow, this is. This is like drinking four regular beers. Now it's like, yeah, seven and a half percent. You know, it's like a, it's a decent yep. IPA. Yep. No big deal. Uh, it's like yeah. a weekly thing now. Like we used to go to this German bar in college and they had this and it used to be like a sort of like a bet. Like, oh, you're not going to drink the Optimator. No way. One, because it tastes like shit. Uh, and two, because it was and, and so two, str- to drink it by <laughs> drink it. You mean you'd have to have a giant liter stein. You'd have to have a stein. It. Yeah. And, uh, how many beers could I have while watching this movie? Essentially, maybe a Stein. I'd watch one yeah, bad totally. movie yes. with this beer. I just don't like the flavor. It's really harsh. And the warmer it gets, the worse it tastes, which I guess you could Oof. say for a lot of beers. But this is one of those beers when you get to the end of the, the bottom of the bottle, you're debating whether or not you want to take the last drink because you might. Is it worth up. it? Because you can, yeah. you know, we're adults now. You really don't have to. We get something else. Yeah, just to your point there, T-Dubs, I will say this. Uh, I'll definitely give this one bad movie. Uh, that's more than enough time with the Optimator. But anytime I see this beer, it tastes like unwanted headbutts from one of our old roommates. So I, 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 I just have a bad association with this beverage. So I don't think I can spend more than one bad movie with it. Yeah, no, that's fair. The interesting thing, this they've been brewing this beer since like the late 1300s or so the bottle says. So it is like a very historical German beer. And I guess if you like German beers, uh, it's worth a try. It's just not my flavor. So yeah, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat. One one beer is reasonable. Or I'm sorry, one movie is reasonable for this beer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh so Terminator Genesis was directed by the franchise beleaguered Alan Taylor. Uh, he's most famous for some work on Game of Thrones, as well as another big whiff, Thor the Dark World. Which, to be fair, Thor the Dark World made money. It's not terrible. It's not unwatchable. Uh, yeah, I feel like that's why he got this job. Like, yeah. hey, get the Thor guy. Essentially, yeah. it is. But both of those movies had a really negative impact on him as a director. I guess they yeah, were fair. considerably difficult uh, working within the studio system. I'll talk a little bit more about this movie and that later, but he also just directed The Many States of Nork, which is the Sopranos sequel, which if you had a chance to catch it on HBO Max, uh, now you have to rent it or buy it, but it'll be back on HBO Max at some point in the near future. Uh, and it's worth watching for sure. Hmm. Genesis stars Arnold Cybernine Systems Model 101 Schwarzenegger as Guardian. Yes, this is the only Terminator movie in which his name is not Terminator in the or, in the credits, it is Guardian, even though they call him Pops. It's weird that he wouldn't be credited as Pops, but yeah, I didn't yeah. look at it that closely, so sure. I trust you. Uh, you've got Jason, I'm older than my mom, Clark, as John Connor. You've got Amelia, I was woefully miscast, Clark, as Sarah Connor. 
no, I, mean, really I feel like true. that's harsh. I, I thought she did fine. I, I have a question about it later and we can get to it there, but I think she was terrible. This role no, is no, you're, no, physically hold on, demanding T-dubs. role. Captain presence. Cash is right. She was fine. She said all of her lines on cue. Yep. Okay. She repeated lines she was confidently fine. into the camera. Yeah. That was fine. It was totally fine. It's yeah. fine. Totally fine. Not like uh, we shouldn't go back into the past and fix this grie- <laughs> egregious error in casting. Uh, you've got Kai, Captain Boomerang, Jortney. Welcome back, Jortney. Yeah, this yeah. is like his third, fourth appearance? Uh, yeah, I mean, third, right? Because he's in The Suicide Squad. He's in A Good Day to Change the Channel. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that Clash of the Titans for- remake. No, no, that's the oh, yeah, other. No. It's the other bland Australian guy. Totally it's the other guy. bland Australian white boy. No, no, no. no. He, I, he was in the first Suicide Squad too, right? Yes. Yeah. He married yeah, Fergie. Whatever. Nope. Di- nope. Different guy. That guy's not Australian. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, uh, I think he's got to be up there for most times on the pod without us dedicating a month to him in the vein of Willis. Stallone or or Arnold. Oh, oh, come on! That's some rarefied air there, yeah, Captain Cash. Yeah. Now you've really got to put in is not in that yeah. space. No, no, I, I'm no. not. I'm not comparing him to them. I'm saying he's appeared on the pod the most without us explicitly yeah. dedicating a month to him. His career. Uh, I am not giving him that much credit. Sorry, his, Jay Courtney. His career has been so disappointing. He's organically appeared on the pod almost as many times as someone we dedicate an entire month to. Exactly. Which, I mean, I feel bad because I liked him as Captain Boomerang. That's the best he's ever done, in my opinion. And and when we talk about sort of recasting these two central roles, that's what I don't get. He's awesome as Captain Boomerang. I mean, the first movie's a mess. I don't really like it. But in his brief stint in The Suicide Squad, he's very funny and charming. And in this movie, he's a whiny little bitch. So not great. Feel like they don't give him enough to do in some of these movies because he clearly can be entertaining. Yeah. Uh, is the is the cad? I, I you know almost like the anti-hero role. Hey, maybe he should have been villain. I don't know. Sorry, Tom Hardy. But moving maybe, on. Maybe maybe. So then you've got J.K. Get me Spider-Man Simmons as O'Brien. I think you mean JK. What the fuck am I doing here, Simmons? <laughs> yeah, JK getting paid, Simmons. <laughs> Goddamn Paramount cash about? and checks robots. Yeah how yeah. how how big is the check? Add a zero yeah. to it. Yeah, I'm there. Uh, Boom, done. You've got Lee, the original Storm Shadow, Byung Hun as Angry Robot Cop, Courtney B, Space Cowboy Vance as Miles Dyson, and Matt Doctor Who Smith as evil succubus alexa but alex because it's a dude yeah so this movie opened in june of 2015 it grossed 440.6 million dollars worldwide only 89.7 of which came from north america with a production budget of 155 and a marketing budget that was as high as 100 the estimator reports were that it needed 450 million dollars to break even how? Uh, because you only get like 60% of ticket sales too. So, but like as a studio, on yeah. paper, right? Like worst case scenario, it costs them 255 million. Man. Yeah. So it costs yeah. them 255. And if you're making essentially 60% of that 440. Yeah. No, I yeah. mean, fair. Yeah. But still, yeah. damn. 
Hey, and just to point this out, because you do make the distinction that this made just a hair under 90 million in North America out of that total 440 million for its uh, box office draw. This was the first movie to make a hundred million dollars plus in China and not break the hundred million dollar mark in the US. Oh, this was literally saved by the Chinese box office. Like it which, was, which is insane to think about. This movie yeah. made less than a hundred million dollars in the US and still made 440 worldwide. Yeah. So if this movie had just done slightly better in North America, it probably would have made money. But it completely bombed in North America. Yeah, literally, if it, it gets the 150 here, which is not good by any means, then it makes sure. Uh, the sad thing is it made more than Terminator Dark Fate, which we covered on the pod, and that's a vastly better movie than this. It's Arnold's second biggest grossing movie after T2. Yeah. And Period. it's maybe one of Period. his worst movies. Uh, this movie was 27% on Rotten Tomatoes with 274 reviews. The user score is 52%. Not good. The Metacritic 38. So that poor reception coupled with the aforementioned mediocre box office scuttled the plans for two sequels. Yes, this was going to be a trilogy. Apparently those sequels would have covered the origins of Skynet. Again, why that is what what did we just wait? Watch what was yeah. that? It's also Terminator 3. So, I mean, Skynet is always a missile defense system. So, <laughs> I don't okay. Well, the I origins. guess if you turn into Twitter, it gets a little more murky. I and we'll get to the things I think or what we thought worked about this movie because that's really it for me. But, uh, so the sequels would cover the origins of Skynet. Uh, how Matt Smith's T5000 came to be, like how, you know, his little holographic asshole guy <laughs> came to be and mm-hmm. what happened to John Connor after Kyle's leap through time. Cause at the beginning of this movie, which we're about to cover as we get to the plot, John Connor is essentially taken by the T5000 and Kyle Reese is helpless to stop it because he's about to be ported back to, 1984 i just that's such a disney star wars han solo here are a bunch of answers to questions you didn't have that we're going to pretend were important i don't care about any of that yeah this sort of reminds me of the snake eyes pod in that way like yeah but i didn't care (laughs) so no i mean like you can make a movie about anything if you make it well and if you make me care about the characters i will accept that okay hey that that could make a story but at the same time it's like how did han solo get his gun well somebody gave it to him okay <laughs> i mean fine yeah 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 well here i'm gonna say it now because i'm not sure it'll come up later in the pod but i think one of the beauties of the first terminator movie is that it uses the time travel angle as part of the plot but it doesn't focus on it because it doesn't need to. It's just part of the plot. They time traveled, and that's why I'm here. I'm here to prevent something. It's very simple. Motivations are very clear. We care about the characters. T2 leans a little further into that time travel element, but at the same time, it's a very small part of the story. 
it sets up the things that we see. But again, we care about the characters because they're reacting to the situation created by whatever's been set up by the initial time travel incident. Time travel is the inciting incident. It's not. Yeah. One of the failures of the multiple sequels and a lot of the pontificating on this universe is when you try to beat that time travel idea to death, it gets ugly. It gets complicated. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Don't focus on it. Use it as a small part of the story and then make compelling characters around it that we do care about. And then we won't, think too hard about the time travel aspect well that's a problem like i said these movies get way too into hey what are the ramifications of time travel it gets really fucking messy really fucking fast and it doesn't make for a great movie and the story i will say the one thing that t1 did in using time travel is it was part of the big twist where you realize oh the guy who got sent back to the past is actually the father of john connor Oh man, mind blown. That was really great. But to your point, as soon as that time travel starts to become mundane and you start to do it again and again and again and again, it stops being an interesting part of the story. What if I time travel before you time travel? Then I then I time travel before you time travel. And oh, that's like, the and, thing that kills me. We're gonna get into it in the plot though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. something comes up where I like it drives me insane that <laughs> they say it out loud. But let's yeah. let's yeah. focus so, on yeah, yeah, moving on, moving on. Just before we get into the plot, how would you describe this film in one sentence? We'll start with you, Chumzilla. The Kyle Reese-centric sequel pastiche of the first two Terminator movies that no one asked for. Yep, yep, uh, Captain Cash. Terminator. Studio notes. <laughs> yeah, Terminator. Far too many people at the table. Uh, I would describe it as Marvel Studios presents the Terminator like you've never seen him before with toned down violence, quippy dialogue, and insanely attractive cast who never appears dismayed that they're being hunted by a murderous robot played by Amelia Clark's son, the roughly 20 years her elder, Jason Clark. Now, to be fair, Again, no time relation. travel, having, having him being older is interesting, but I don't, yeah. we'll, we'll talk about it. Because I don't know who that's for. I mean, it's for us, the audience, but within the world of the thing, it's very frustrating. Uh, okay, I, I also don't like the casting on his part. Oh, like, he's fine. He's the only one that can act. Well, so, yeah, but I, I don't, I don't, I don't like him in the Arnold's role. Fine, I don't like yeah. him as J. I don't like Jason Clark as John Connor. I'll be I, honest, I just feel like John it, John Connor's just not interesting by this point anymore. N- no, he, I, I, I think you had to subvert our expectations there a bit. So the actual IMDb description was when John Connor, leader of the human resistance, sends Sergeant Kyle Reese back to 1984 to protect Sarah Connor and safeguard the future, an unexpected turn of events creates a fractured timeline. So, yes, this movie does explore Mm. multiverse and alternate timelines, which is probably one of the only interesting things it does, but it does it so poorly. Mm. It doesn't matter. Let's get into the plot. I'm going to be brief, but feel free to chime in because there's so many things to make fun of about this movie. For example, their use of the bad boys theme from cops. Wow. Yeah. Who, whose idea was that? That, that was not good. To Captain Cash's point, studio notes, I bad guess, bots, like... bad bots. What you gonna do? What you gonna do when they time travel for you? Bad the... bots, bad bots. Who's that for? That's like that's like twenty years too late for that reference to be it's, like funny. It's way too late. But you know what is funny? That Amelia Clark is so short 
she's almost out of frame, which also is like, eh, nah, yeah, shouldn't have been Sarah Connor. This doesn't fit at all. I, she's see, like I four foot ten. So no. She's like five three. I I appreciate that they tried to lean into that, like the hard ass, badass Sarah Connor character a bit here, but she does not pull it off. I'm sorry. Oh, she's somebody cosplaying as badass Sarah Connor. This whole movie is like somebody's uh, internet blog fan fiction. <laughs> this is the whole movie. What if? Uh, yeah, again, what if studio Kyle notes Reese... are like, hey, we got the Game of Thrones chick. People love her, right? What if, what if Kyle Reese watched her undress and her shadow looked super sexy, but he was too scared to make a move then? That's this movie. This movie is shit. It's absolute thought, shit. To be fair, I don't, I don't know that then is the right time to make a move. But, you know. Listen, this is fan fiction. Who knows? Uh, so, hmm. to the plot. It's 2029. The war between man and the machines has been raging over 20 years. But tonight is the night the humans will finally take down Skynet. In this truncated look at the future war, two things stick out. One, there's zero reason to believe the humans could survive this conflict against an army of Terminators and heavily armed drones. Because, essentially, they just have trucks. And two, all these machines are automated. Why is there a Terminator driving a supply truck? This is what kills me about this franchise. Like the whole reason the Terminators exist is that they're infiltration units. They, they're designed to be able to get in among the humans. None of the other robots need to, ex- there's no need for a humanoid robot anywhere else. Yet they keep like putting out the metal skeletons because I guess it looks scary. And I'm just Cyber- like, <laughs> Cyberdyne like a- Systems DHL Model 101. Oh, he just delivers shit. He just, <laughs> that's Ned. He delivers shit. Like, just have a bunch of those, like, Boston Dynamics drone dogs running around shooting people. Like, why do you need, why do you need people shaped robots? It just, the, yeah. This scene is comically bad. And the flying yeah. drones should just be crushing humanity. So that should be enough. It's comically bad. There's a hunter killer, there's like a tank model. And then there's just a bunch of the robots going around and one of them is driving other robots around. It's like, wait a minute, what is his purpose? They're self-driving cars now. I what, serve does butter. This, what does this guy do? <laughs> like, what is his job? He, he serves butter. Yeah. It's, oh my God. It's yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. So anyway, they infiltrate the base only to discover that Skynet has deployed its final weapon. That weapon is essentially this time machine. Uh, which has sent what we would know as Arnold's Terminator from the original film back to 1984. Thus, John must now send Kyle back to protect Sarah. But plot twist, as Kyle is being sent, a new super evil Terminator gets John, fracturing the timeline and creating an alternate reality. This is the first 20 minutes of a two-hour film. And it Mm -hmm. is full of just... Wow. Voice over where John Connor explains or not John Connor, where Jai Courtney as Kyle Reese is explaining everything that's happening. And I'm sitting here going, this is a lot of exposition, a lot. And listeners, he's not exaggerating. The entire intro to this podcast was me rewriting this horrific voiceover that takes place to start this movie. And that's just the start. It like we get a we get a pretty cool action sequence. It felt like again, it's weird that there's a Terminator driving a truck because why would you need that? But like that that's where we get up to the the 
go back to 1984. And the other thing that drives me fucking crazy about this is like, oh, they just sent a Terminator back. We have to hurry up and, and do it too. It's like, no, you don't. It's time travel. That you can you can go back to whenever. It, There's literally no pressure on them to meet a timeline here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Zero. As long as you send the, the person back one minute before the Arnold Terminator gets there, you're basically fine. Yeah. So what disappoints me the most about this part, Captain Cash, is that after seeing T3 in theaters, the only thing I wanted out of the Terminator universe was a future war movie. That's it. Like That's where, in my opinion, the franchise needed to go. Give us a, a, a cinematic view of that future war because what was teased in the first one and then teased in T2, like there was a lot of material to mine there, in my opinion. And then we got that with Salvation and it was a, a disappointment. <laughs> we and we like, did okay. not get that with Salvation. <laughs> exactly. It's not. like, this is, this is not what I wanted. Like, this is not the future war story I wanted. Like you can do better. And this movie teased it for a moment and upon first viewing i'm like hey maybe maybe we're gonna get that future war story here there's some flashback stuff sure we, we've got kai jortney and and uh uh you know the the dragon lady but maybe we'll get some cool future war stuff but no this is literally it we we, we get it in that first 20 minutes and then that's it get about as much of it in this movie as you do in any of the movies which is exactly. to say not enough. I mean, Dark not Fate enough, goes yeah. and Dark Fate, as I said, is way better than this, but it does the same things. Like it uses yeah. the future as a setup for like character development and not necessarily as, hey, yeah. we should show this. It's really cool. Uh, anyways, instead of going to 1984 from his actual world and what would be Terminator, the original movie, he goes to one where the T-1000 is there for reasons uh that also the t800 is there so i guess that's the same but okay. he'd already been sent so he, here's <laughs> the real big question for me because when they do this 1984 thing they basically recreate the terminator terminator one down to the people's costumes and the lines that they say everything yep which minus bill paxton yeah minus bill paxton which is weird because you just spent the last 20 minutes explaining what would happen. So for this, this like next five to 10 minutes where you're recreating Terminator one, that can only be for people who have seen Terminator one and our fans and thus would not need the 20 minute expo exposition jump. You just gave us. So what are you doing movie member berries? It, yeah. And the Arnold fight looks fairly terrible. Uh, now, to be a, fair, they they do give us Arnold v. Arnold, which is yes, yeah. where this franchise, in my opinion, did need to go. And it's a pretty solid fight. Yeah, it's 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 kind of cool because the bodybuilder they found, I forget his name, like literally had the exact same measurements as Arnold when he did Terminator uh, 1. So they and the deep fake's not bad. So they put in some work and it's kind of cool. And they it turns out they have this great sniper rifle that can stop a Terminator dead in its tracks. This movie is sort of humming. I wouldn't say it's humming greatly, but it's interesting in these moments where, okay, hey, we're in the 1984 from the original Terminator, except shit's a little different. Like Kyle goes to steal some clothes and all of a sudden the T-1000 pops up, but it, it kind of falls apart. Uh, you know, because... no, I agree. Like at, at this point, I was like, I had heard bad things, but 
when I got the Arnold mirror match, I was like, well, hey, maybe this isn't that bad, actually. All things considered, it wasn't terrible. No, it, it, like, it, was, it wasn't like a high point of the movie. It wasn't great, but hey, it was interesting. It was more interesting than the rest of the movie. Okay, so as we're saying this up, you get this Arnold mirror match. Sarah Connor, who's essentially her 1991 self, has been going around with this Terminator, who she calls Pops, who saved her life in the 70s. This movie touches a lot of timelines. You go to, I think, seven different timelines. It gets a little convoluted, but that's mm-hmm. the premise. Like he came, he saved her. He's essentially now her surrogate father. So he kills this Terminator. They go save John from being killed from the T-1000. Lots of exposition to come. Do you, so do you remember, I, I, do you remember in the Terminator of- movies where, where one of the Terminator says, come with me if you want to live? We gave that line to Sarah Connor. Yeah, I, I didn't remember? like that. Yeah. I, did, I did not like that. I, I didn't mind it, but I'm like, it did feel very like, yeah, no, no, I saw the other movies. Cool. Yeah, so what I don't like about this movie is basically summed up what you've just described right there, Thunder's Wizard. You've somehow now established in-universe that a Terminator has gone back to the original Terminator's timeline and coached up Sarah Connor to become the T2 Sarah Connor. Which... Makes no sense because she suffered no great tragedy, right? Well, like she hasn't had her, got killed, right? But she hasn't, yes, but she hasn't had her son ripped away from her. She hasn't lived in an insane asylum for nearly a decade. Like the hardened yeah. Sarah Connor really does not exist. I guess she's been taught how to do these things by Pops, but it, it's just, it just feels so it's, shameless and it's just pandering. Right. No, here, here's where I'll go back to your MCU, to, you know, uh, analogy, T-dubs. It's sort of like what we do with Loki in the Loki TV show where you have to basically have a, a mini sequence where they force character development upon. They speed run his uh, character arc. Yeah, yeah, Avengers Loki to turn him into present day Loki. Like, oh, here's what happened to you. So we need you to be aware of this and think this uh, way yeah. now because you can't that's be an the asshole people anymore. love yeah yeah and Listen, it's like kind I, of this movie's like hey here's the sarah Con- basically here's the sarah connor you liked from terminator 2 we remade her for you yeah and it's like okay that's interesting but no actually on second thought not really except Why? she except she was already done <laughs> fairly well in the tv show and lena that's true he yeah. way more badass than uh Amelia yeah Clark. And, and, yeah, and Emil Hirsch is just not believable, in my opinion. Okay. Is, the, is the tough is the tough Sarah Connor? It just yeah, doesn't. No. At no point am I like, oh yeah, she's badass. It's like no. Mm-mm. Okay, back to the. Plot. She's gonna die in a bus in Alaska. I know it. Yeah, back to the <laughs> into the wild. Uh, I do want to point out that the Marvel thing I say is like in jest because the Marvel movies understand how to use humor. I think sometimes it doesn't work. But this movie has no idea how to use humor, but it's like, hey, this really popular IP that's made a lot of successful movies uses humor a lot. We should too. Like, whereas Terminator 2 does it in organic ways that work, this movie just slathers it on. There's like a bite me thing. And it's like, oh my, the the script is bad. It's just bad. It's a bad script from top to bottom. I, well, no, again, to characters. your point there, T-Dubs, is they're trying to use that same humor element from T2. They're like, hey, remember how that Terminator was funny in T2? We'll do it again. 
Well, so I actually think the bite me thing is an interesting callback because it's showing the character growth of Pops, the, the Terminator, because when initially Sarah Connor says it, he's like, that is immature. But then later he learns to say it himself. But yeah, it's, I do, it's a T2 callback. Yeah, but I do think that there is a lot of like Final Fantasy NPC dialogue from these characters. Like, we've got company. <laughs> and like, yeah, yeah. I, you just said you just said the thing that was obvious to everyone. Yeah, thanks for that. It's like they uh, do. They do. a what, Did you guys mate? Joke like six times. Did you mate? <laughs> well, so we should say, did you mate? Because Pops has informed Sarah Connor. Yeah. And this is this, this is, is the guy. one of the kernels for me where it's like, you're on the cusp of an interesting idea. You're just going to ignore it, which is Sarah is informed of what her fate is to eventually meet Kyle Reese and to give birth to John Connor, who will save humanity as though she has no choice in the matter. Like, hey, this is what's about to happen to you. And she expresses resentment for like, you know, hey, this is my life. Let me live it. And they, they do nothing with it. And I hate that. Yes, because this, en- nothing. this entire movie is a YA novel gone bad. Uh, so anyways, action. Kyle saves a cop. Yes, that comes back. More action. Arnold action. They kill the T-1000 with acid. This Which is was cool. They, that was cool. I agree. Like I was still when that happened, I was like. Again, hey, all right, this this movie might be okay. I liked it, except it made no sense that the T one thousand melted within the acid and not Arnold. <laughs> Nothing else. Only yeah. the T one thousand melts. Only the T one thousand. It's plot acid. It's fine. Yeah, it's the same acid from Dante's Peak. I'm pretty sure. Yes, the acid that kills the grandma, but not anyone else. <laughs> Wait, is that was the T one thousand? Was the grandma a T one thousand? She might have been. That really Ooh, does change Dante's peak for me. It explains a lot of why she was such an asshole that refused to leave her cabin. <laughs> it really does, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's at this point, they decide they've got to leap through time to prevent future Judgment Day. But guess what? In this timeline, it's not 1997. It's 2017, where hologram Mark Zuckerberg is preparing to launch Genesis, an integrated online platform that would connect everyone's lives together. Hey, guys, the call is coming from inside the house. Inside the metaverse, you mean? This is the moment where the fucking movie lost me. At this point, I was like, hey, I'm on board. They've shown me some cool stuff. Yeah, the exposition was a little long. And their plan is to jump forward in time. Why would you do that? You're already moving forward through time. That's what time is. Spend the next you don't know whether it's 1997 or 2017 spend the next decade or three decades preparing to stop skynet why are you rushing toward the end and skipping the next 30 years why do you need the time machine to go forward what the hell it gets super super duper convoluted because as we're about to get to like how does john know to do this well he had visions about him uh, Sarah talking to a younger version of himself about Genesis 
Not yeah, the fun it gets all 16, 12 monkeys uh, for a little bit. Yeah, not the fun 16-bit one, which is what she should have been telling him about. Like, hey, don't buy the Genesis, buy the Super Nintendo. No, get the Master uh, System. Yeah, but anyways, like... And the best part is they give all the explanation dialogue to Arnold Schwarzenegger, who... Yeah, because let's be clear here. Pops' biggest role in this movie is being a walking Wikipedia for the future and or time travel. What is the line yeah. that they give him that I absolutely love it's something like alternate timelines are not complicated it's a matter of determining possible futures using a decay algorithm it's like <laughs> okay and then the, sure, why sure. Not? the guy from the future is like why don't you tell me in english man it's like you're from the fucking future <laughs> well i mean to be fair you probably wouldn't have had much of a formal education i know but it's like so you know, like, was none of this explained to you by the guy who's just like, hey, trust me, get naked, get in this giant spinning ball. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. We've all been there. Yeah, Let's yeah. just be honest. Come on. It's not that weird. And strangely, that time travel only works forward for me every time I've done it. And it's usually yeah. only about a week to three days. I'll tell you this. I've, it's I've about woke- 48 hours and I typically end up behind a Taco Bell next to a dumpster. But yeah. whatever. I've woken up in an alley. Still naked, though. <laughs> Nothing Still cool naked. has ever happened after that. <laughs> uh, certainly the cap showed up, but nothing cool. <laughs> no, no. Uh, so off they go. They get arrested for being nude. O'Brien, this is the cop from earlier, shows up as the not needed comic relief. As played by J.K. Simmons, who, after Arnold, I think, is doing the most to make this movie palatable. From what I read, <laughs> he basically improved all his lines to the point uh, where when he out. when he tells Arnold, like, you could blow a door up with this unless you can knock one down yourself. Uh, Arnold, like, nearly, like, laughed and they, they had to, like, shoot it again. Uh, oh. Like, they just were like, hey, do what you want to do. Which is essentially, I guess, this whole movie's modus operandi is, hey, who gives a fuck? It's time travel. Doesn't matter. J.K. Simmons, just, you know, kind of be you, I guess. You're good in most stuff. We trust you. So sure. He's there doing things. John shows up. And uh, if you've seen the trailer, you know why he shows up. Uh, because, yes, he's the bad guy. Okay. And this is the second point at which the movie lost me logically. Because... Sarah Connor can't possibly know what her unborn adult son is going to look like. So why is a Terminator showing up to look like that? And two, Kyle Reese should expect that Terminators are going to try to look like infiltration units and look like people. So it shouldn't affect him either, except Sarah Connor is the one who pulls the gun on uh, not John Connor to be like, prove it's you. And Kyle's like, no, 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 it's definitely him. It's like, Kyle, did you did you not pay attention during the war you were just in? He did not pay attention in Terminator class. Kyle obviously. spends the majority of this movie being an impossible to like dickhead. He is a moron at every turn. I, I think the biggest issue I have with this character, and to your point, Captain Cash, is inability to be suspicious of evil john connor is that even after we discover both as the audience and as the characters in the film that john connor is at least part terminator he's like no i'm pretty sure he's still in there wait why why what 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 part what part of you is saying that 
Oh, the we killer can... robot dude might be okay. We should give we should hear him out. We can bring him back. I just shot him in the face. No, no, we can bring him back. We can bring him oh. back. Why why? After Jesus. after you let Arnold Schwarzenegger deliver the line, he has been replaced at the cellular level. Exactly. Like, no. Yeah. Wikipedia just told you he's not, he's not. He's not the guy you used to know. He's the Terminator. Oh no, no, they, they look no, the no. Same. This, I, this, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure friend. he's in there. Yeah. And anyway. and then here's the other thing that drives me crazy. Why, when evil John Connor has them at his mercy, does he not just immediately kill them? Like I realize there's all. an olive, there's an olive branch of like, hey, join us, become a machine like me, and it's like I. But why? Why? Just to, kill to, them. to your point here, Captain Cash. If he had been Vin Diesel and Bloodshot, he would have killed everyone. It none of it makes sense. He could have just killed them and then given him some of his nanobots and created new machines. I mean, I, that's essentially what Terminator Three does. Like it reprograms machines to do its bidding. He's made of nanobots. He's an ever evolving and ever like fixing thing. And he's just like, hey, let me try and trick you by taking you to the parking lot. It's like, just shoot everybody in the building. <laughs> like, that's what you're built for. Now, uh... I, I will also say that clearly when the Pops Terminator shows up with the big teddy bear and promptly shoots what we know is John Connor, at that point, had that not been in the trailers, that actually would have been a pretty interesting twist. That yep, they yeah. spoiled it in the trailers is such a huge fuck you to everybody involved in this project. It's unforgivable. It it's also unforgivable that Arnold's Terminator walks through a police station with a giant teddy bear with a shotgun in its ass and is not stopped. Well, again, ever. who hasn't done that? Hold yeah. on. <laughs> it, you mean the, the shotgun part or the teddy bear part? The ass yeah. part. This oh, okay, movie, yeah. whatever. This movie is so illogical. Not to mention, like he's clearly wanted throughout time, right? Like just like in the other movie, at least in Terminator Two, there's like some semblance of sense. Like this guy showed up to a police station and murdered like fifty people, and we just told you he kidnapped your son. Like, why are you not worried? And he's been going around, you know, for decades murdering machines they don't tell you how they dispose of them really and he just shows up to a police station with a giant teddy bear remember it's all just a show just this don't movie ask these questions makes no sense so anyway john connor helped fluorescent asshat zuckerberg create the online dystopia that will lead to judgment day uh cue the awkward portion of the film where we're supposed to believe that Kyle Reese and Sarah Connor who have zero chemistry throughout the entire movie are going to mate someday. There's some more action. They go to jail. This is the bad boys, bad boys. Uh, Inner circle, baby. <laughs> they escape from jail. Goddamn time traveling robots. That which is delivered by JK Simmons in, in a way that you're like, boy, you were worth every penny, J.K. Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. you you really brought some some semblance of of gravitas and humor to an otherwise unenjoyable slog. Boy, you're the only guy who saw the train veering off the tracks. It's like, and you're screw like, screw it. Yeah, let's do it. Fine. I'm, you know what? Let's ride this bad boy. Yeah. You, he he mounted the missile, took off his cowboy hat, and went yee hoo. <laughs> 
yeah, all the way right, down. Right. I appreciate it. him for that. Uh, <laughs> so they go to Skynet's uh, Google campus to destroy it once and for all. There's a, there's this whole like helicopter chase, which is kind of cool. But then Arnold jumps through John's helicopter. Why? And I somehow that helps John. It, it's not like <laughs> he, he does. He does the I'll be back and jumps out of the helicopter using his body as a missile yeah, I he's, guess. A, he's a robotic projectile yeah and smashes into john connor's helicopter that is chasing them but somehow that allows robot john connor to get to skynet's google campus quicker and it's like well, why did you do that yeah so essentially ah, he gets sure. there ahead of the good guys to get the drop on them there's more fights uh there's the zuckerberg shit talk the zuckerberg <laughs> shit talk is this light projected thing first as a child that gets older until it eventually becomes matt smith it's skynet talking to all our three heroes pops sarah connor and and kyle reese again it's like sort of all these ideas because it starts as oh don't do this to okay yeah, you're killing a work. child yeah which again here <laughs> here again work. is the kernel of an interesting idea they keep talking about killing skynet before it can be born the same way that the Terminators try to kill Sarah Connor before John Connor can be born. So there's an interesting mirror there, and then they just don't do anything with it. Nothing. Yep. Because then John Connor, a murderous robot with apparently zero weak points, chases his mom on foot yelling, give me the detonator. <laughs> He's, he is a Terminator who, made of nanobots, which he can deploy at his will, chases a woman on foot screaming give me the detonator and doesn't catch her and deploys it will in a fight with arnold's pops in a really interesting way like you know they they do the t-1000 stuff but he's like kind of a, a cloud so like when he falls he actually rather than falls his body transforms and he lands on his feet and tons of stuff like that where i'm like okay hey you you kind of thought through some cool ideas with this. Yep. Yeah. There's a point where he phases through Arnold and as the nanobots follow him through, he's hitting Arnold like yeah. repeatedly. And it's really yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, it's almost like it's... a mini, like Quicksilver flash effect. Almost yeah. There. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Like the flash, which is interesting. Somebody. And as yeah. his body catches up with him, it continues to hit him. It's just like a, a cool idea lost amongst all the nonsense. Because um, then Arnold dies fighting this guy, or does he? And yeah, then he sinks into some sort of undescribable metal-looking liquid. Yeah, that is shifting in the shapes. Hint, hint. Yeah, which we see throughout the film. They hinted there's like there are t the proto T one thousands are being hatched out of this fluid, but yeah, hatched out of this. Uh, I guess you'd call it a moat. <laughs> yeah, like a, a yes, pool of a mercury. Moat. Yeah, I don't yeah. Know. yeah. And then we get the worst ending imaginable. Uh, they blow up the campus. They're stuck in a bunker. But guess what, guys? This movie is so happy-go-lucky. None of the good guys can die because here comes Arnold with his T-1000 arms to save the day. Which, Ugh. so... Literally, he you see the T-1000 arm go through the, the door to the bunker and pry it open, and there stands Pops, and Sarah runs up and hugs him, and I was, like, waiting for, like, the T-1000 to just murder, like, to kill her, and I'm like, oh, man, 
this is going to be it. You're going to realize that like, no, no, it's just, you know, pops has got T 1000 powers yep. now. And I'm like, yeah, well, that, oh, that's the whole well. joke throughout the movie is that he's old, but not obsolete. Yeah. And now he's been upgraded. upgraded. At one yeah, point he sure. has carpal tunnel. Uh, loading guns against uh, Kyle Reese to see who can load the clips faster and his hands get cramps. <laughs> There's some really spectacularly stupid shit that happens in this movie. Yeah. 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 And then the thing ends with Sarah and Kyle and Pops going to meet, I guess, 10 year old or 12 year old Kyle Reese to tell him the stuff that he needs to know when Kyle Reese travels back in time, except they've averted judgment day. So why would I? Uh, uh, time is a flat 12 circle. monkeys, man. 12 <laughs> monkeys. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's, uh, it's frustrating. This whole honestly, is frustrating. And then the, even after all the stuff I've been frustrated with to this point in the film, it ends with Kyle and Sarah Connor kissing and maybe they're going to get together after all. And I'm like, no, that's not how you end this. You literally just fought your killer robot son that wants to end the world. Why would you guys ever get together? This flies in the face of everything Sarah's talked about. Like, hey, I want to have my own life. Yeah. No, like it, it, no. The way you end this movie is they don't get together. Because they don't have mood. to anymore. Yeah, exactly. J- John Connor's no longer necessary at this point, right? This movie is a disaster. It's really unfortunate. It ruined any hope of Dark Fate having success because that was an actual worthy sequel to Terminator 2. So with that in mind, how many beers are required? I'll say five pain beers, maybe six if you're feeling frisky. Yes, it's entertaining for the first hour, sort of, first 40 minutes. Uh, but if you've seen it more than once, and I hadn't seen this since theaters, you just know the horrendous crap that's coming. This is a tough watch. If you like Terminator, this is a really tough watch. And yet so, it's still yeah. better than Salvation. So, Yeah, I mean, I saw Salvation in theaters and, and I, ha- I hadn't gone back. And I didn't see this. I didn't see this movie, Genesis, in theaters because I, I saw the, the trailers and I went, well, I guess no point now. That, that seems dumb. But, you know, I would call this four pain beers because there's like every so often they drop an idea that's really interesting where there's a cool fight or they use the Terminator powers in a new way that I haven't seen before. So it's not completely worthless, but then they don't do anything like they just they do the the most surface level version of it and then drop it. And it's like. Ah, it's so it winds up muddled and not very good. And like you, the worst part is you see hints of how it could have been good. And that's the part that kills me most of all. Like there, there's a good movie here. There's an interesting movie here. There's probably like three interesting movies here, but this movie can't be bothered because it's too busy going. Hey, remember what the beginning of T2 or T1 was like? Hey, you remember how you really liked the T1000? Hey, you remember how they say that line? Here, here they're going to say that line. And it's just, yeah, four, four pain beers. Yeah, no, they flirt with a lot of good ideas here, but two hours long. I'm going to give this the five pain beers that T Dubs gave it because. As interesting as some of those ideas that they flirt with are, they just don't do enough with any one of them to make this movie like worth watching. 
Uh, and that's probably the biggest sin, I think, in a Terminator movie, because the first two give us some memorable moments or big set pieces. They're like, oh, man, you got to see this. This movie doesn't. It's lit- its most interesting parts are effectively rehashes of stuff we've already seen in the previous, you know, good films. It doesn't do anything on its own. Yeah, there's a couple of interesting twists technically but even the one at the end with the the arnold t1000 it's not like oh you need to see it no it's just like a little i I even made the comment like what sequel does this movie set up and and the thunderous wizard goes well you get t1000 arnold i'm like oh I, i suppose there's a story to be told there in the future maybe but you don't see anything in the film with it so it's just it's just really forgettable and and for for the most part, a rehash. So I'll stick with that five pain beers. Yeah, the movie has no guts. It doesn't know what it wants to do. It's too scared to commit to anything, any one thing. It's just it's just a mess. Uh, but with that in mind, yeah. we're going to hear from our buddies at the Double Turn Podcast, who we're going to send back through time to prevent the Montreal screw job. And on the other side, we've got some lingering questions about this movie. Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm Boss Ross. And I'm the J-Man, and we're the Double Turn Podcast. Every Friday, we bring you the best in pro wrestling talk. Whether it's previews and reviews on pay-per-view events, discussing the hottest topics in pro wrestling, or bringing you a look back to some of the best matches and moments in history. We have it all for you. So check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and the Anchor app. And you can also give us a follow on Instagram at the Double Turn Podcast. And we will catch you on the flip side. Welcome back to the 135th episode of Hops and Box Office Flops presented by Wabam Entertainment. And we are talking 2015's Terminator Genesis. First off, gentlemen, how would you fix this movie? I'll let Chumpzilla start. I think you've got some ideas. This one's complicated. This movie covers a lot of ground. It touches on a lot of things. But I think if they leaned harder into the, oh, we're back into the T1 universe, but we know everything that's come since and spent more time in a smaller movie, just basically culminating in that mirror match of uh, Arnold versus Arnold, not in the first, you know, 25 minutes like this movie gives us, but maybe that's like the final fight is the two Arnold's against each other. And you have a more intimate movie between our Kyle and our Sarah and maybe instead of being so Kyle Reese focused it's Sarah Connor focused and you get again that T2 version of the character being more badass but in the T1 universe it might have worked as a weird like reboot slash sequel type movie and the gimmick of the Arnold versus Arnold at the end might have been enough to sell it that I see a movie like that maybe breaking the $100 million mark in the U.S. I'm just saying. I I agree totally. The way you fix this movie is you don't leave 1984. Because mm-hmm. there, are, there are enough questions about, wait, why is there a T-1000 in 1984? Who sent the Arnold Pops robot back to Sarah Connor's childhood to protect her? Which is an answer they don't give us in this. Oh, movie. no, not at all. Right? There, there are 
questions and answers in just staying in 84 and seeing how it plays out differently as kind of as a side quote or a what if, you know, where that and, and as a smaller film that doesn't cost whatever this was, 100 or 200 million dollars. There's there's something really interesting there. And like I, and I don't even think you need to have the mirror matches, the final fight. I think the way they played it out was perfect. It's the second that they decide that they need to jump ahead in time where this movie goes off the rails. Stay there, stay tighter, and, and you know, maybe we get the birth of John Connor. Maybe we find out, you know, who is the person that's sending the, the T-800 back to save Sarah. Those are the kinds of things that if they had kept it tighter and answered some of those questions, dealt with Sarah's, like, frustration around, look, I don't want to be fate's puppet. I want to be my own person. Those are things that they gave the time to explore could have made a good movie and you, it wouldn't have cost, you know, like an Avengers yeah. level movie. You could have saved a little cash for sure. Uh, the way I look at it is I hold these characters pretty close to my heart. I love T1 and T2. I, I still have an appreciation for T3. I just don't think you needed to use Sarah Connor or Kyle Reese, just tell an original story. This this series has been so over so over reliant on treading the same characters with the same arcs over and over and over again. Uh, that's why Dark Fate worked. They brought uh, Linda Hamilton back. She is Sarah Connor to me. If you're going to use that character, continue her story. Don't just tell us a, a pseudo version of a story we've already seen with a different actress it just didn't work for me so like if you're going to fix this and you want to explore all these different timelines and fractured timelines then then sarah connor doesn't exist he goes back in time she's not there and now there's a different problem hmm. to solve like make it original and this, this i movie mean is that's, way that's too an interesting much... point it's like the star wars problem like yeah i don't need to hear any more about the skywalkers it's a big galaxy it's a big future what else is out there now i mean to be fair, they try. They sort of tried that with Salvation, and God, that was terrible. But it's still so John Connor reliant. Like it's, that's true. Oh, here's John Connor, and here's Kyle Reese, and here's uh, uh, Catherine Brewster. It's it's all that stuff that we've already seen. Really, like oh, okay, we we know where this is supposed to go, and it just never does anything for you. You know, I just really wanted to see a Terminator that was dealing in crypto and offering NFTs. Well, so that's probably where this movie should have gone. Well, that's the interesting thing because I'm gonna I'm gonna go to that question now, which is this movie has a lot of ideas, and some of them are sort of prescient, but it's really just throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. So, what have it worked for you the best? Because I have a pretty definitive answer on that. So I get the idea that Skynet is like, you know, oh, it connects everything. It's like, well, it's this movie was shot or released in 2015. So let's call it 2014. That already exists on my iPhone then. So, you know, oh, oh actually in your iPhone, Skynet exists. Well, fuck, uh, I guess I've been waiting on Judgment Day since 2010 when I got an iPhone. 2017 but, was too late. Yeah, for sure. So, that that idea that oh it's going to connect all of us and then destroy everything like if they'd have done some of the misinformation that's come out because of facebook and, and because of social media maybe that would have been interesting uh, but the stuff that worked 
to me is always the the what if questions you know hey what if instead of meek normal waitress sarah connor in 1984 it was actually t2 sarah connor what could that be except the, this movie never really does anything more than you know okay well it is yeah. that character now all right it, pre- go it on presents on. an idea and really doesn't do a whole lot with it yeah, exactly um, so i mean the things that worked for me were those sort of what if scenarios and then they did they did a lot of cool stuff with the actual terminator robots how they move how they function they gave me the arnold mirror match which was pretty great so that's where i'm at okay chumpzilla captain cash has already kind of hinted at it that this movie touches on some things that are interesting and then it just doesn't do anything with them I feel like they could have completely redefined the narrative around Skynet with this idea of making it a social network and being more than just a missile defense system that becomes self-aware. Like, I feel like there was a lot that could have come out of that. That could have been super interesting that might've even made the whole evil John Connor thing more interesting as well. If that character had, been motivated slightly differently than what the film presented and had bigger ambitions and there was more to that angle so i feel if this movie is going to stay on that like kind of ambitious scale and be bigger than just 1984 which i think would have probably been the better move and would have fixed the movie or whatever that yeah they really needed to lean hard into that and then do some real speculative fiction with it like not just like okay it's an idea where does it go and what does it do give us some of that that, that would have been really cool. and But it, for me, that worked. It was an interesting idea. That actually got me interested in the movie. It's just disappointing it didn't go anywhere. Yeah, I, I think the Genesis thing is the only thing that really worked for me. I think the fracture timeline thing is interesting. But to your guys' point... It's so messy if, so fast, though, right? Like To yeah. me, that's almost like it's almost uh, intimidating. Like, I don't want to think that hard. Well, if you're going to use that, then the entire this entire movie needs to be in the future. And this movie ends with him being sent back to 1984. And as mm. it's happening, the timeline fractures. And you're like, oh, see, shit. Uh, what's going no, to see, happen? I, I disagree. You have it in 1984 where the timeline is fractured, where the shit that's supposed to happen then doesn't. Or happens so differently that you're like, oh, shit. Uh, I know you guys have talked Dark Fate, but in the first five minutes of Dark Fate, they kill John Connor, right? So if in the first first 25 minutes of this movie, they killed Kyle Reese, that would have been interesting. Mm, Agreed. I think it would have been killing Kai Jordany, so that would have been good, too. Yeah. That's a net positive for everybody. uh, that's, really that's a net positive for the universe. Yeah. Is them essentially walking through wherever they are and everyone's looking at their cell phones and getting the explanation like it's coming and here it is. Like, see everybody? They all they have no idea that they're ushering in their own demise. It's the only like scene. You've gotten like, a scene oh, where yeah. everyone gets murked by their own cell phone. That would have been awesome. That would have been interesting, right? Like, but the movie just has no, as I said, it has no guts. It has these ideas, it does nothing. I, I want to walk back my previous statement. I don't have anything against Jai Courtney. He seems fine. Oh, no, it's just a pod gag, really. Yeah, I know. Uh, so I'm, not, best, I'm not trying to put that energy out in the universe. That's all Yeah. So best action scene of this movie, because this is really tough for me. I think a lot of them mostly fall flat. And I think it's the acid bath for, 
for the team that looks really cool in 1984 i think that is the coolest scene and that was also when i like sort of had hopes this movie was not going to be a train wreck and i mean it's a train wreck so like it's a it's it, it all comes down to the terminator fights ultimately right it's either arnold versus arnold which is super cool and i like it a lot it's arnold versus the t1000 or it's Arnold versus the T, what is he, 3000? The, the John Connor bot in the climax. Oh, I, f- I forget what his name is because the other one's the T5000. I think he's the three. The, the John Connor yeah. bot, is, I think he's a 3000, where the, the T3000 does all the phasing and the like changing his body around midair, where I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. I like that. There's some so, very cool moments there where, I mean, you basically know he's going to lose. But you're you're more interested to see what that machine can do. Yeah, exactly. So, like nostalgia me says Arnold v Arnold, just because why would you not do that? You've got a time travel thing. You're sending multiple Terminators that look the same back. Arnold versus Arnold is pretty great. The acid bath looks really cool, but it doesn't really do anything different. So, it's between the climax and the Arnold v Arnold, and I'm I'm not too proud to go. Yeah, yeah, nostalgia got me. So Arnold v. Arnold is my win. I think that's fair. The reason I like the acid bath was because it was one of like two scenes where it's like, oh, they've been doing shit to prepare for inevitabilities. Which is brilliant. Yeah. Why are they going to jump forward in time? Sorry, I'm bringing it back up. That's not fair. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. I mean, you guys are covering this. Stuff. I mean, those are the, the basics, right? Those three big scenes, right? So what else are you going to choose from? Um, yeah, I, I, for me, again, the nostalgia got me to Captain Cash. It's the Arnold versus Arnold uh, minus Bill Paxton fight because uh, it was cool to see. And like, yeah, I'll, I'll just freely admit, yeah, I was like, they got me right in the member berries. I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. Uh, the acid thing for me, it was interesting, but I'm like, I also feel like they're just like, well, hey, we froze him. So what else can we do? We can melt him. Yeah. It's like, okay, whatever. It's it's an okay visual, okay. but yeah, that's, that's, satis- that's satisfactory wise, or you know, the most satisfying action scene for me was definitely the mirror match. So, well, moving on. My my big question here: this is a PG thirteen movie, right? Mm-hmm. That means they get one fuck. My question for all of you: where do you put the fuck? You get one. Where do you put it? Hundred percent, J.K. Simmons. Fucking time traveling robots always covering their tracks. <laughs> yep. That's a great choice. And that would have been my choice. But seeing as how I can't choose that, let, let's, uh, Chumzilla, what would be your other option? Oh, no, it's J.K. Simmons all the way. What else does he say that you'd give it? Oh, you have to give J.K. Simmons the fuck. But what else does he say in the film? Well, when they ask him if he's been drinking, he could have just muttered fuck under his breath. Like, uh, that no like, yes but fuck like these are robots like they're from the future yeah. <laughs> of course i've been drinking i i feel like you can give it to one of the classic terminator lines to let everybody know hey it's different now so i would give it maybe to, then to sarah connor come with me if you want to fucking live yeah. Punch it up a little i could see that i could also see when he goes did you mate? She's like, can you please stop fucking asking me that? <laughs> Did you fuck? No, <laughs> that's gross. Yeah. Or, or no, we haven't fucked yet. Lay off. Come on, pops. Leave me alone. You weirdo. Super gross. Please stop. 
All right. So next question. Um, I saw this in theaters. It was a total gut punch for me. I was really disheartened and sort of depressed after I saw it. Do you guys have a similar theater experience where you saw a movie you really wanted to see and you were just like, oh, no. Rise of Skywalker. Okay. Fuck. I actually yeah. like Rise of Skywalker. So that's interesting. So I... I have I am frustrated with a number of points in Last Jedi, but it raises a lot of interesting questions. Rise of Skywalker, which is meant to be the culmination of literally 40 years of storytelling, just landed with a thud to me. Okay. It's member berries got got their hooks in me for sure. As soon as Lando showed up, I'm like, yes, Lando. (laughs) And Lando is always awesome, constantly. But like, hey, uh, Chewbacca died. No, he didn't. Hey, C-3PO died. No, he didn't. Ben Solo died. No, he didn't. Ray died. No, she didn't. Oh, oh my God. The the kiss is pretty cringeworthy. Oh, God. Mm. And I listen, I know there were a lot of people that were Raylos, and I'm like, I hate that. I hate yeah. that. No, but the the Chewbacca fake out was cruel and unusual. Yeah, like I I, I did not like that because like my heart dropped and I'm like, they they didn't just do that, did they? Like they, I don't want to believe they just did that. See, if they'd have done it and it stuck to their guns with it, I'd be like, oh shit, now it's real. Well, see, except that's yeah, it's that's not. Little, that's a little bit like this yeah. movie. Like it's it's like a hey, we do something terrible. But we don't have the guts to do that. Yeah, we walk so, it back. But yeah. we walk it back. It's fine. Uh, oh, so no, for me, you? yeah, disappointing theater experiences. Uh, well, most recently, the Eternals. That that one was I was left mixed coming out of that. Okay. Um, yeah. That, but but not great. <laughs> not great. Um, but that, Again, my expectations weren't very high there. So yeah, to get back to questions. your point. But, yeah, not uh, interesting answers. Unsatisfying answers. Um, incomplete. In, in but but anyway, to your point though, T Dubs, because you've pointed out how important this franchise and these characters are to you. So I I will go back to to the example that Captain Cash gave us with the Star Wars franchise. Part of the reason I won't say Rise of the Skywalker, or is it Skywalkers? I Jabberwockies, whatever. Um, one of the reasons that movie didn't disappoint me more is because my spirit was already broken <laughs> by the last Jedi because the last Jedi, like as much as I hate that whole, uh, Canto Bane scene or whatever it is, Canto bite, Canto bite, Canto bite, whatever, Canto Cenobites, whatever, uh, the scene that should have had Lando in it, which would have saved it, but it didn't. It well, um, would have helped. Uh, that whole like oh and and oh the you're telling me the empire the people that build the giant space stations as part of the military industrial complex no shit um anyway as much as i hated some of those parts of the movie uh the thing that really killed me in that is that they basically just destroyed luke's entire arc and his character development gets walked back and erased and that Luke Skywalker in that movie doesn't make a ton of sense to me. And they don't flush out enough of why he was different. So then to see him sacrifice himself in the end was so unsatisfactory. 
Like that really, I walked out of like, man, that's not the Luke Skywalker I grew up watching. Well, that's he not the Luke yeah, Skywalker he, I saw go from A New Hope to uh, Return of the Jedi. That's not the character I saw. I didn't see any of the strength, the nobility, or or the guile that we had seen in the character previously. Which I'm not going to say that, that Star Wars movies are high art and greats, you know, uh, films. They're fun, they're popcorn movies, and they're homages to, you know, Buck Rogers serials and stuff like that. But that that character has a a ton of cultural weight and it was significant to my childhood and me growing up. And to see him get done dirty like that in The Last Jedi, that hurt. I walked out of there just kind of bummed out. Like, I felt bad bad for the character. I felt bad for the character. I'm like, man, I I feel bad for Luke. He got done dirty. I hated that movie. That's okay, just, let's. Yeah. We're, we're, so anyway, we're not sorry, do, sorry, sorry. We're not going to do the let's rehash Star Wars discourse because it was four years ago, and I'm I'm so tired. I I feel like Fair. the only parts of that movie that worked for me were the Luke Skywalker parts. But I'm sorry. Yeah, no. But let's. I understand that feeling of. Did I just watch Luke Skywalker die with my own two eyes? God damn it. I mean, uh, in short, the biggest sin of if you're going to use all these characters in a sequel series, having them not all meet is a disastrous decision of ever proportions. Also not writing all the movies beforehand. Probably dumb. you should have like, yeah. like, I, like I want to know because it's funny to me that yeah, and then I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I said I wouldn't do it. Let's not do the Skywalker discourse. Okay. All right. Can, hey, One day we'll do it. Snokes. Yeah. Okay. Final question. And I think this is an important one because I think Captain Cash falls on a different side of it than I do. But I think the leads in this movie are terrible. They don't work. I would recast them in a heartbeat. How would you do it? Chumpzilla. I mean, I don't have a dream casting here, but I, I will say, though, that if you're going to cast Kyle Reese and Sarah Connor in a movie where they're still apparently destined to fuck um you should probably find leads that have some chemistry and for whatever reason kai jortney and emile hirsch they just they never at any point in time in this film make for a believable couple so whatever you do make sure the two leads at least appear that as though they could be attracted to each other and get along and for the record i found nothing about their particular chemistry everything i found was and there is no really on the record stuff. It's just that this movie was very difficult on the director and it like broke him mentally. Yeah. Well, I think the script doesn't help either because they don't really get a lot. I mean, they have scenes together, but they don't really have a moment where they like bond. None. He, like, he they're, actually they're, just won. And that's not lot. in the movie. It's not like they have a scene and these two characters, these two actors don't get along or something like that. It's just like at no point in time in the movie do they get time together to form that kind of relationship and then they don't appear to have natural chemistry either i guess that's worth pointing out i think that makes sense there's no point in this movie where there's what feels like time to breathe right like in in t1 you get that moment in the hotel where they're, they're still on the run but they're relatively safe in t2 you get the moment where they've escaped to mexico and like the terminator and john connor start to bond and yep. there's this sense where, you know, hey, we're spending time with these people and they're getting to like and love one another. Here, it's like, we got to go to here. Now we got to go to here. Now we got to go to here. And that's especially galling when it's time travel related, 
Like, we got to jump to 2017. No, you don't. Just live the next 20 years. Yeah, it's... Here's the big thing. If you're going to have T2 Sarah, the big thing about T2 Sarah is she doesn't need to be over-reliant on a man to help her. Yes, Pops is there. That's fine. I get that. But T2 Sarah Connor is is incredibly strong, independent. She's To me, she's one of the greatest female heroines ever. Yes, she's an asshole, but she's tough. She's gruff. She will do anything to protect her child. And if I were going to cast somebody, I would have casted Mackenzie Davis, who plays uh, this character in, in Terminator Dark Fate, who is augmented. She is. Yeah, but she'd have been like, what? She would have been a lot younger. But, you know, this is just a recasting you know, yeah. thing. Hypothetical. Yeah. Time, time travel is no object here. Go on. But she's yeah. so good in the physical aspects of the role. And Amelia Clark is not. I don't know. If time travel is no object, fucking... <laughs> Go go back to 1984 and and or 19 what 92 and yeah, get me go Linda get, Hamilton. Go get yeah. badass Linda Hamilton. Uh, yeah, I don't like. I don't know. I you know what? I want James uh, Cordry and 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 Anne Hathaway. James Corden, whatever the guy. Buster Jones. Wait a minute. I I could buy Anne Hathaway. <laughs> Why would Buster Jones be Kyle Reese? It all comes back to Cats 2019. Honestly, Bustopher Jones could be O'Brien. <laughs> like, that's what that character was. Goddamn time-traveling robots. <laughs> all right. Either way, I I think my answer is not... I, I don't have a problem with Amelia Clark. Jai Courtney in this role, as with Die Hard 5 is just kind of a non-entity. So if I had to recast one, I'd probably pick Kyle Reese. He's bad in this movie. I, it, it, the script does not help. But yeah, exactly. Bad. But that that's the problem. The script doesn't help. Jai Courtney, when you let him have fun, is great. Like, he was great as Captain Boomerang, right? Like, I know he can, he can be good. So, like, I think, yeah, like, you know what? It doesn't make sense. But Jason Momoa. You know who has gr- you know it. who has great personal chemistry? Amelia Clark, Clark and Jason Momoa. Okay, so then you take one. That works. Boom. Yeah. There you go. Like I mean, Fair enough. Th- those two very clearly just like each other where it's the point where you're like, well, yeah, no. Who doesn't like Jason Momoa though? I mean, that's probably the Who the doesn't real takeaway like there. Jason Momoa. Kit Harrington. Yeah. But yeah. Any like anytime you're trying to get compared to Jason Momoa, <laughs> you don't want that. Ever. Uh, how, how come he's not the swordsman in Hawkeye? That's what I want to know. Well, I listen. I really like the swordsman in Hawkeye. Jay, some Jason reason, like, Momoa is just so creepy and why. gross. Yeah. Jason Momoa is doing very well, which is a good thing. That's why he's not the swordsman. Slow Duncan Idaho. Yeah. All right. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to hear from our beer buddies over at Hop Nation USA. Probably drinking better stuff than the Spot and Optimator. Sorry, Germany, but it's true. And we'll catch you on the flip side. Hey, everyone. This is Steve. And this is Adam. And we're part of the Hop Nation USA podcast. Pittsburgh's number three craft beer podcast. Join us every Friday for new beer reviews. We'll talk about the news, history, and homebrewing. Plus, we'll sit down with the best brewers and industry personalities that'll have us. So whether you're a casual drinker, a hazy boy hophead, or even if you're a whale hunting cellar hoarder, just search Hop Nation USA on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher and join the nation. 
Hello and welcome back to the 135th episode of Hops and Box Office Flops. We are on to the Judgment Day Trivia Challenge. Gentlemen, we have a standard five-question multiple-choice format quiz to chime in, either stick with one of our stalwarts, farts and tarts, or I'm going to shoot my futuristic laser gun, or say I'll be back, or goddamn time-traveling robots. Goddamn time-traveling robots has got to be it. <laughs> I mean, it, it's the line oh, of the Thanks, movie. JK. Yeah. G-D-T-T-R. G-D-T-T-R. Yep. Uh, are you guys ready? G-D-T-T-R, baby. Okay. Goddamn time-traveling robots. You bet we are. Number one, the path to Terminator Genesis be- began being paved when Halcyon, who owned the franchise, went bankrupt. Killing plans for their two sequels to Terminator Salvation. Thank you. Thank you. I, I don't God, want anybody to go bankrupt, movie. but thank you. Uh, how much did the rights to the property auction for? Was it A, $29.5 million? Was it B, $39.5 million? Was it wow. C, $49.5 million? Or was it D, the cost of a Secret Wars Iceman on card? Just kidding. $59.5 million. Goddamn time traveling robots. Captain Cash. 39? Incorrect. Damn. I'm going to go with A. It's got to be. You're correct. It sold yeah. for $29.5 million. By the way, wow. this property was valued at $70 million, but it's bankruptcy proceeding, so you're going to lose money. Yep. But yeah, shit, take what you can get. Yeah. It kind of depressed me that the Terminator franchise is not worth a whole lot. Well, I mean, think lot. about it. That's a lot How of money many... just to sink in, and you got to recoup that right off the bat. You haven't spent a dime on a script or anything. So that already also, got, you're already in the whole uh, 30 mil. That also goes toward that's a sunk cost. So, yeah. Like, I hate to say it, but at this point, there have been six Terminator films. Two of them are good. Well, they're they're batting three hundred. I would say four of them I like. I think Terminator Three I like just because it was like, oh, it's back, and I love it. It was okay, but I think Dark Fate is like legitimately a good action. I, I still haven't seen Dark Fate. In fairness, so number two at WrestleMania Thirty One, this wrestler entered his match flanked by Terminator machines. And carrying Terminator heads, it was hmm. part of this film's promotion. Who was it? Was it? Wait, this film. This film. Yeah, they were. They were promoting wow, okay. this film. Was right. it A. The Rock? Was it B. Brock Lesnar? Was it C. Triple H? Or was it D. John Cena? Goddamn time traveling robots. Captain Cash. Lesnar. Incorrect. Shit. Ooh, that would have been my guess too. Wow. Yeah. No, you, you slow rolled me. I, I know what the only other choice is. Um, I, uh, farts and tarts. Um, okay. I'm going to go with a guy with probably the, the, the biggest like corporate ties to the, uh, the, the WWE. So I'm going to go with Triple H. It is Triple H, the King of Shit, Kings. No, I'd have said Cena. Holy crap. No. No. Wow. Like, well, I, mean, was... I guess I could have seen Cena too, but I would have guessed Lesnar. I so, that'd be like so a Brock Lesnar thing. I've sure. got a couple of cool Triple H, Arnold Schwarzenegger clips. Of course, Arnold's not in this clip, but I'll post the entrance a little bit after the show airs. But That's also, wild. Arnold, during the promotion for End of Days, beat up Triple H on camera at a SmackDown event. 
So wow. end of days was like late nineties. Yeah, it was like two, maybe two thousand one ish. Like, I mean, at that point, Arnold was pushing. He was late forties. This and was post. Uh, it was post Arnold's heart attack, where he was having trouble getting insurance from the studios. Which, when I read his book years ago, that like really affected his career. Why, like that's why he did the Six Day and uh, uh, Collateral Damage and End of Days. Like he was doing shitty movies because he wasn't getting offers to do good movies, essentially. Which sucks. Which happens. Yeah. But hey, you know, T Dubs, I'm not wrong, right? Triple H, like I know it's kind of kayfob, but like he's he's part of the, the well, he's WWE machinery, yeah. right? Well, yeah, he's, he's married to Stephanie. Yeah. He always gets the best entrances. Yeah. And you'll see, uh, and the entrance makes no sense. Like, why is he having a Terminator entrance to fight Sting, who then gets these giant Japanese drums, which also makes no sense, but. It all sounds you know, awesome, though. So. Big time wrestling. So, yeah. Here yeah. you go. So it is. Mm-hmm. Two nothing, but there is a bonus coming up. And uh, here's number three. This is the third film where Arnold Schwarzenegger's character comes face to face with a duplicate of himself. Which of these is another one? Is it A, End of Days? Is it B, The Sixth Day? Is it C, Total Recall? Or is it D, The Kid and I? Goddamn time traveling robots. Captain Cash. Sixth day. Correct. He faces a clone of himself. I threw in Total Recall because they don't come face to face. It's on a TV screen. So that was sort of a trick. Yeah, that messed me up because it made me pause for a moment. And I've never seen the sixth day. So I was lost. If you just said the the last uh, the last action hero, I, I'd have been like, oh shit, I don't know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there is a bonus question. Can you name the other one? The last action hero. We got a tie game. It is last action hero. Of course, he comes face to face with himself at the premiere of Jack Slater 4. Wow. God, I love Last Action Hero. <laughs> I love I was, it. Like, I was so worried. I was like, um, oh, please don't say Last Action Hero. By the way, Michael Rappaport in the sixth day. <laughs> oh, <laughs> boy. And so, True Romance. Yeah. That, so And Deep Blue Sea. Yeah. So we're two to two. Heading into question number four, which is this. This director was originally attached to the project, this project. Terminator Genesis before dropping out. Was it A, Dennis Villeneuve? Was it B, Justin Lin? Was it C, Rian Johnson? Or was it D, Gareth Evans? Parts and tarts. Tramsil. See, my first instinct was to jump on A, but that would be wrong. I believe he was attached, but he didn't, he wasn't offered and dropped out. I think it's B, Justin Lin. It is Justin Lin, and you're right. Dennis Villeneuve and Rian Johnson were both considered then to be offered, uh, but there was no formal offering, dropping out, whatever. It was Justin Lin who directed many Fast and the Furious movies, such yeah. as pod favorite Fast 9. Yeah, I think he dropped. I think if I, I read this, uh, I think he dropped out because he was attached to Fast 6. Yeah, like uh, essentially this movie was taking a long time to figure yeah, out. Yeah, it was one of those things where they, they worked on it for a while. I'm just disappointed I didn't get to have Ryan Johnson subvert my expectations of the Terminator franchise. First my of all, been if they'd have killed Kyle Reese in the the as the second act turn, 
my expectations would have been subverted. It would have hey, been good. Mm. I may hate The Last Jedi, but Ryan Johnson knows what to do with time travel. Watch Looper. Great movie. Mm. Also, that's, that's very true. Knives Out's pretty great. It's tremendous. Uh, so number five, and I mentioned this during the pod, this movie was notoriously troubled. So much so that Amelia Clark has been reported to be relieved that it flopped. She also noted that the director, Alan Taylor, had been eaten and chewed up by it. It was apparently so bad that a crew on this other notorious film wore jackets stating, at least we're not on Terminator. What film was that for? Was it A, Mordecai? Was it B, Pan? Was it C, Fan 4 Stick? Or was it D, Jupiter Ascending? Farts and Tarts. Chumpzilla. I believe it's fan four stick. It is fan four stick. Oh my God. I, that's amazing. I can't believe the I knew that. I, I, I just knew <laughs> that in the back of my brain. I did not read that researching this week's pod, but I knew that. Yes. Fan four stick, which literally had its entire third act reshot was apparently better to work on than this. Wow. Yeah. I, I've heard some terrible things about fan four stick and Check me if I'm wrong. We've not done fan four stick on this pod, have we? We haven't because we we didn't want to mentally break you. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not ready for that. Like I I remember, like I watched fan four stick on a plane on the way to to Comic Con, and it made me angry. It's it's not good. Like it starts okay, and then immediately does it does it. At least it's like competent. For like I didn't watch the beginning of that movie and just turned it off because I'm like, well, this is shit. Well, you, then you miss the end because the end is something to behold. Wow, that's not good. But <laughs> my point is, I have read up on the train wreck that apparently was that film. Yeah, so that's how bad this was. It's wow. and nobody has spoken out about it. like you know Josh Trank, crew members, people have spoken out about Fan Four Stick. You know, whether it's from either side, like about how just awful that whole process was, nobody has said a word about this. So on the one hand, I do respect their professionalism. On the other hand, (laughs) yike. On the the other hand, I'd really like to know what happened. So big yike. Technically, you've lost Captain Cash. That's all right. Listen, I learned something. So I won (laughs) in that way. Uh, You have won. The dead husk of the T one Cyberdon Systems T, model T one hundred one from Sorry. the Terminator versus Terminator fight. It's coming to your house. It's going to take a while mm. to ship. It's very heavy, but you have won that shell of a Terminator. Also, don't let another sophisticated robot get close to it. It might come back to life and kill you. Fair enough. So, like, if you have like a like a, a like a Yuffie or a whatever those automated uh, sweepers are, keep it away from... Yeah, do not allow the Roomba, the Roomba the Ro- yeah, to get don't, inside of that thing. Don't gotcha. get a Roomba near the dead husk of the Terminator. Yeah. I do have a bonus put it, question. Put it in a Faraday cage if you can. Yeah. Mm, yep. I, I do have a bonus question just for shits. Uh, obviously, Fan 4 Stick also flopped terribly. Mm-hmm. Whoever gets closest to its domestic gross will win another prize. And that is an original copy of the Genesis operating system. Sweet. Yeah. MySpace. All right. J-I-O-1. 
it's G-I-O under one. it's under a hundred million dollars domestic gross for stick. Okay, 60. sixty. Chumpzilla. Uh, Wait, is this 72. Price is Right rules? No, uh, not Price is Right rules. No. Okay, just whoever closer. You said seventy-two. It's fifty-six point one. Woo! Captain Cash has won himself. Come on down. Pew 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 All pew. Right. You've won yourself. Bow, 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 bow. A Genesis operating system. Oh my God. God, fan four stick is so bad. Look, it's not I mean, we're gonna have to do it eventually. Yeah, you gotta. God, you, it's so bad. You really gotta prepare yourself. I, I do find it very entertaining that both Fantastic Four Human Torches went on to find much more successful roles in the MCU. That's an interesting thing. You know what we did do? The Roger Corman Fantastic Four, mm-hmm. which to my mind remains the best Fantastic Four film ever made it it does the one thing it needed to do and that is that it was very true to the source material and it launched river dance so so there's that that's true too uh so we're on to recommendations what do you guys have on tap for this week we'll start with captain cash so i know this is a recommendation the thunderous wizard gave previously uh but i did get around to watching only murders in the building that's a really enjoyable show on hulu It's funny because it does this thing where it's sort of a send up of true true crime podcasts while itself acting as a true crime podcast. Like it's kind of weird and meta that way that really spoke to me. And I'm like, hey, this is a lot of fun. I'm I'm glad I watched this. I'm glad you also watched it because it is my favorite show of maybe the decade. I loved it. Chubsilla, what's your recommendation? Well, I've got an easy one this week. If you make the mistake of watching Terminator Genesis, which I don't recommend that you do, if you need to cleanse your palate, go back and watch Terminator 2 Judgment Day. It is the benchmark of all 90s action movies and an absolute titan in terms of action movies in general. Um, It's not just the best Terminator movie. It's one of the best action movies hands down so yeah this movie flirts with some of the ideas from it but it does nothing to to come close even to invoking the cool awe that came from some of those huge action set pieces in t2 go back and watch that movie and uh, forget about these terminator sequels apparently you can watch it on pluto tv right now for free it's just gonna i was i was just googling the same thing it's like, yeah, like kind of a crime you should buy terminator 2 yeah if you don't okay yeah yeah it's I me mean, so it, it watch some of the behind the scenes stuff about that chase through the yes, drainage it's incredible it's, it's with so the semi incredible. and the motorcycle it's because that's that's all james cameron practical effects and it's, it's bonkers it's so awesome so when i was a kid and we all saw it in theaters yeah i saw that with my dad it was a really seminal moment in my movie going life and then right before my first son was born they re-released it in theaters and I got to see it in theaters again with my dad and my pregnant wife, who was like, we weren't that far out. So the joke is like, my son came early because he could hear like the Terminator kicking ass. And he was like, I want, I want a piece of that. I, I love that movie. It's indescribably, it's, it's indescribably cool. It's one of the greatest action movies of all time, if not the greatest action movie of all time. So I'm glad somebody recommended it because I'm going to recommend Terminator Dark Fate, 
And also watch that film. It's a great follow-up to Terminator 2. I think it's a worthy follow-up to Terminator 2. And then listen to the pod. Uh, We talked about that Terminator at length. We did a lot of cool Terminator trivia. So check that out. And then my other recommendation involves time travel as well. It's the incredible late 80s, 90s television show starring everybody's favorite hunky college quarterback, Scott Bakula. And of course, the late great Dean Stockwell, rest in peace. I mentioned on the Rocketeer pod how Quantum Leap frequently used actual characters and events from history to uh, do interesting things, um, such as like there's a thing where he, he essentially teaches Buddy Holly something and that leads to him writing this hit song. Uh, it's an awesome show. Uh, and whoever owns the rights to it, if you're listening, Dr. Sam Beckett never got to leap home. I know Dean Stockwell's dead. That show deserves a revival. Bring Dr. Sam Beckett home, please. Just please bring him home. Let's go. Come on. Come on. Bring it back. Now, remember, you can find the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Hobson B.O. Flops. You can find myself on Twitter at WriterTLK. Captain Cash, where can they find you? At C-A-P-T-C-A-S-H on most of your social media. Chumpzilla, when you're not digging through the trash, looking for food, and trying to not get killed by the Terminator robots, where can they find you? And pants. You can find pants. (laughs) Yeah, definitely pants. You always need pants. Solomon Grundy wants pants, too. Pants, a decent pair of pants. Yeah, you can find me stealing pants and Nikes on Twitter at Chumpzilla8. And you can find Wobam Entertainment at WobamEntertainment.com or on Instagram and Twitter at W-O-B-A-M-E-N-T. And if you miss Mayor McCheese, he can be found at H-B-O-F McCheese on Twitter. Yes, he'll be back. If you enjoy the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and be sure to like, share, and subscribe and connect with us on social media to share ideas for future episodes. In the end, listeners, goddamn time-traveling robots covering up their goddamn tracks. I knew it. That's God right. Goddamn time-traveling <laughs> robots. That's right, JK. Time-traveling robots will always cover up their tracks. We'll see you next week for the start of our hops and jingle bell flop series. Home sweet home alone. Oh boy. Oh man. That's going to be an adventure. <laughs>